Welcome to darkness, to nightmare. This is a mini-sode mini-series that will take a look at monsters and what they have to say about humanity. We're Alan and M, and welcome to Darkness to Light. This is the second of our October minisodes, a series which we are calling Darkness to Nightmare. And last episode, we did a creature from Jewish mythology, mm-hmm. and this time we are going to be taking a look at a monstrous spiritual creature. From the Islamic world, the jinn, or genie, or well, we'll genie. get to that. <laughs> now, here's the thing: when we were putting this series together and pitching the types of monsters and beings that we we're going to be discussing, many of them, at my insistence, genies as monsters. You mean that? Barbara Eden is not a monster. Hello. You know. Then I did a little bit of research at your insistence and found out that the big blue guy singing songs about friendship started life uh, four millennia or so ago as sort of demonic, very evil-ish monsters. You talked me into it. (laughs) Good on you, Em. Because this is apparently going to be a recurring thing, we have to take a moment and talk about pronunciation. So, the original creatures that we are going to be talking about have been a part of Middle Eastern and North African tradition for millennia. The people who first heard those stories then went on and told those stories in... Many, many different languages. <laughs> we speak none of these languages. We so speak Merkin? We speak Merkin pretty good. One of them was spelled G-N-Y. So, like... Good luck. Where's our Latin teacher friend Stella to help us, maybe? We, we need a linguist. Help, we need a linguist. So, the point is that these stories have been told and retold up and down the Silk Road all the way across Africa, and eventually into France. There's been a lot of translation. There's been a lot of transliteration. There's been a lot of like syncretism. So we're going to do our best when we're talking about the old-timey version to try and stick with some variety of gin. And if we're talking about the modern version to stick to genie. We will try. But no promises. Don't hold us to that. Show mercy. Let's go back to ye olden times. Oh my. The reason I really wanted to talk about jinn is that unlike golems, these are not a type of sub-creation. These mm-hmm. are not a thing right. made by man or spirits or whatever. These are not secondary creation. Jinn are a fellow mortal race to humans. Mm-hmm. They're not demons or spirits necessarily. They are like humans. 
And there's some really interesting theology that goes into that Mm -hmm. if you believe that humans aren't actually the only free-willed, sapient species on the planet. And a lot of times, jinn are adversarial or very dangerous. But we came across an interesting little tidbit that Muhammad is able to speak and minister to humans and jinn. Like, that's just sort of, like, snuck in there. And then Muhammad came and spread his prophecies to everyone. I thought that was interesting, Mm -hmm. considering that Mm -hmm. we'd talked for some length in our audio feed episode about the possibility of being able to have animal saints and things like that, Mm -hmm. of like salvation not being a human-only thing. And this is touching on that because in those legends, the jinn could achieve heaven or hell. Some were good, some were bad, most like humans, somewhere in between. The legend of the jinn also tie in a lot to the Jewish mysticism. Because a major player in a lot of jinn stories is King Solomon. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing that was, you know, in, in a... A whole bunch of different texts. I think probably some actual like parts of the Quran, and then also some pseudoepigrapha, mm-hmm. some stories of Solomon, and more sort of like legendary folktale, not necessarily canon stuff. But Solomon was a major player in a lot of these early jinn stories, again, from the sort of 12 to 1400s. This is where we get the containment of a gin in a bottle of some type or in some some level of of containment Mm -hmm. and then freeing the being puts them under some responsibility to serve you in some way where we are taking steps toward the wishes aspect of modern genie but there is a bit of that transition and that's a thing that doesn't come up a lot in pop culture But it does show up every now and then. Like in my favorite show of all time, Constantine. Looks like the Star of David. No, this is the Seal of Solomon. And this is the Tabaat Shlomo, also known as the Ring of Solomon. It was passed down to Solomon directly from heaven to trap genies. So are you going to put Gary's genie back in the bottle? The Tabaat Shlomo has strong containment magic. It's perfect for preparing any demon-binding vessel. Because hashtag it all comes back to Constantine. (laughs) You wish. You wish! I make it so. (laughs) Now we talked about the djinn and the genie and the Arabic and then sort of our modern Euro and American sanitized versions of these. I saw an an interesting explanation of this was that all of this traces back a couple of thousand years. And in the days of the Roman Empire, which spread across the known world, got into parts of Arabia, parts of North Africa. And 
there's a, a version of the, this is the G-N-Y, the version of that. We don't speak Syrian, guys. Genia, like... Genia, that uh, is, it occurred in Syria, in the city of Palmyra. But in that legend, it was a little bit more of the guardian angel, the watching over people, watching over homes, watching over families, making th- making sure that things are, are in good shape. <gasps> it was the Mothman. It was the Mothman. <laughs> it's not going to help you, but it'll warn you of danger. One place I saw uh, quoted this one as no curses, no wishes, just hugs and friendly warnings. I want to hug the Mothman. <laughs> and so after the fall of the Roman Empire, that story, in essence, migrated into the West because that was a version told in the, throughout the Roman Empire. So that existed, in, 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 in essence, in European culture. And then as the Arabic culture developed over a millennia, its own version of that story, sort of two, you know, there's, there's a branching of the linguistic tree. And then around 1700, it sort of all comes back together with A Thousand and One Arabian Nights, which was first brought to Europe through a Frenchman who translated it into French. And he noted the Arabian word for genie and his French word for genie were very similar and literally just used those words interchangeably. So that in essence, brings together this legend that you had spoken of through Islamic culture of a little bit more dangerous, a little more monstrous, and a little more helpful, and the bottles and the protection and Solomon, and they sort of all get smushed together about 400 years ago, 300 years ago, through the Thousand and One Arabian Nights. So you have this linguistic separation of the words. They develop sort of their own mythologies, and then they come back together. And that's part of why genie and jinn and all of that is a little confusing. Yeah, and why there's there's so much variety. Yes. Because there are some stories with jinn or genies where they are absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. I think probably the most terrifying genie-esque story is the monkey's paw. Which I thought was way older than it was. We could tra- track it back into the early 1900s. 19, 1902. And was tried the to figure out what was find. the inspiration, but really couldn't find anything else. But this is where you get into the three wishes sort of aspect. And again, that gets somehow merged into genies as well. Yeah, because in, in that particular story, it's again, not, not unlike Warehouse 13. It is a, a cursed object, a mummified monkey paw that had a, a quote-unquote blessing on it from a fakir. So again, you're sort of, you're, you're, you're blending in some of this, like, practitioner of this particular religion somehow has authority or magical powers over this kind of type of mm-hmm. creature and can thus have magic powers passed on to you. 
And I think everyone has heard the phrase a monkey's paw or has heard a reference to a monkey's paw that this is the one where you're going to get the three wishes and they are mm. going to be granted in the mm. worst way possible. Most people know it from a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror version. Treehouse of Terror. So that's probably where. But will grant three wishes. That's good. But they will curse you. That's bad. But it's $20. That's Ooh, good. good. But the last six owners have all died. That's mm. bad. <laughs> Again, it's a, a the modern genie story as just linguistically interesting because it's taken like six or seven different paths through mm-hmm. four or five different cultures and languages in order to all come together into this sort of mishmash. And I think the one thing that comes throughout most of this is that there's sort of like a trickster mm-hmm. and tempter. Yeah aspect to this and that i mean that's right there in the monkey's paw and then again it's in the sort of current versions of our three wishes where those three wishes never seem to go well there's a pretty good x-files episode with the three wishes it has a french name to it the it which means i wish and so i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that we don't speak french guys ain't Ancient Arabic's tough enough, but we don't speak French, so it's it's humorous in the sense of a couple dumb guys making really dumb wishes, and that's sort of the history with this particular uh, with this particular genie. Then Mulder frees her at one point, and he gets the three wishes, and of course the first two go terribly wrong because there's a taking too literally, and there's I'll do exactly what you said, but it's not what you wanted. There's always that. You said trickster element to it. And so there's a scene as he's preparing for the third wish where he's typed up on his computer like two paragraphs of legalese. (laughs) Meaning, but not to exceed, not to imply that this is what I meant, but not this, but what I mean is this. uh, No harm shall come to ba-ba-ba and the parties of the third part. Without violation of any current statute in the United States Constitution (laughs) or any legal adversary thereof and... That episode has one narrative bit that I don't like, which is the genie actually says the theme of the episode. Oh. Has a soliloquy about, you humans are just too stupid to know what to do with this power. It's about a 30-second monologue, which could have been done in one sentence, could have been done in no sentences, because that's clearly what the point was. But, but again, it ties into that, to even our hero... The best person on the show is not going to be able to know how to handle the responsibility or power or just the battle of wits, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what of what the, the, the genie myth is, is. It's all of that. But what I like about it is it does reveal, as unfortunately the genie points out very clearly, the dumbness, the greediness, the selfishness, the fallenness mm-hmm. of humanity. And I think that's an aspect of the story that's interesting so it goes back to king midas right when you're given this power you will use it wrong we always use it it is what we are it is it is us as you even the best even Mulder, even the best of us even the most good looking can not handle that responsibility and i think that's the lesson can you imagine going through life looking like that Ugh, poor guy I mean, it's like the deal with the genie is not not unlike the deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. And that no matter how well you think you've drawn up the agreement, 
you are going to lose. There's no yeah. winning that that bargaining. Yeah, that's actually a really good segue because I wanted to talk a little bit more about the, the historical gin mm-hmm. because there is a tendency to conflate gin and demons. And I think mm, it, it yeah. kind of does a disservice to the story mm-hmm. because the, there is something interesting about this this kind of type of, of being that exists in a certain sense to prey upon humanity that will take advantage of human mm-hmm. flaws, but is is still not just a, just a pure antagonist. Right. There's a really good story that we always liked, which actually to tie this back into the, the <laughs> Jewish roots that sort mm-hmm. of flow into some some Jin legend is that there's a story called the Dybbuk in the Bottle, mm. um, which is also quite good and has a lot of uh, those sort of more alchemical philosophical right. aspects going on. It was, uh, I don't I believe it was originally published in Analog or, or one of those other short story magazines, but we found it through a podcast mm-hmm. called Podcastle, uh, which is all audio short stories, uh, that one being their fantasy mm-hmm. line. And so if you can find the Dybbuk in the bottle, highly recommended. And in, in that one, it is a rabbi who finds the djinn. And mm-hmm. they're sort of, they, they're sort right. of kind of match wits. To a certain extent there, because the rabbi is the most learned and most Mm -hmm. trustworthy and most competent person that they could get to sort of go toe-to-toe with this this sort of tempter spirit. Part of that alchemical thing that I I find really interesting about Jin is that part of their legend is that they are inherently chaotic and actually like unbalanced. Because mm-hmm. they are created from fire. So some of the sort of creation stories that explain where Jin came from are like, you know, God made the animals and they were made from earth and they were good. They didn't have free will and they didn't have sapience and he couldn't communicate with them on the same level that he wanted to. So then he made Jin and he made Jin out of fire. And the fire, they had free will and they had emotion and they had spirit and all of these things but they were just completely chaotic and they couldn't be trusted passionate and reckless reckless and the, passionate yeah. and all of those things and so he decided that he was going to combine the two and make man from both mm-hmm. fire and earth and his mom said what if they also made of earth wind and then maybe some fire mixed in I think that's kind of kind of cool. In that story, jinn are almost like angels. Mm-hmm. That angels are sort of this kind of more perfect spiritual essence. And animals are this, you know, mortal good part of creation. And, and jinn have the free will. Mm-hmm. And if you manage to combine all three of those... You get humanity. Then you get humanity. But if you drift too far into any mm-hmm. one direction... Mm-hmm. It's, it's unbalanced, but it's if you can get all three of those working in harmony, then that's where you can find something that, that can commune with God. I think that says something, uh, something pretty cool. I'm with you. These guys can be monsters. 
Oh yeah, but you've, seriously, don't mess with them. You've convinced do me. Do not, do not mess with them. The best website I found to sort of explain a lot of this and some of the, some of the stories I told that linguistic story and some of those others come from this site called the Giant Glacier, and they had a, a long article at this, but it ended with this paragraph: Jin, in their traditional sense, haven't become extinct. They're alive and well in modern Arabic cultures haunting abandoned ruins, and possessing the odd human or two. Even modern Western culture has preserved slivers of the original jinn, hiding them away in fantasy novels, video games, comics, and the like. You can exterminate them, distort their nature, and turn their legends into kid stories. But when something is fashioned out of the fire of a scorching wind, it won't stay silent for long. And I think that is a pretty good way to end our discussion of gin. And genie. And Ginny. <laughs> and Jenny. And, and G-N-Y. <laughs> Whatever you are. <laughs> As we said uh, last time, we're not going to be going over listener feedback during these minisodes, but we would love to receive listener feedback on these minisodes. And when the series is over, we will discuss them. So if you have specific feedback on gin and genies and that long list of that related long list of beings synonyms. we just mentioned, or the episode of the miniseries in general, we would love to hear that. Come back for the next episode of Dorkness to Nightmare. The ringing of the bell commands you. While you're waiting for the next podcast episode, check out our websites. Dorknesstolight.blogspot.com contains reviews, essays, and other similar ramblings. And dorknesstolight.tumblr.com, which contains some of that material, as well as top tens, cool photographs, memes, and religious puns. We also run a general interest comic book podcast network, Relatively Geeky. That content can be found at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com. Let us know what you think of this topic, this episode, or this podcast in general. Feel free to send your thoughts to us at dorknesstolight at gmail.com. We would also appreciate any ratings or reviews left for the podcast in the iTunes store to help like-minded people find us. Our intro, outro, and promo music is by Anderson Kale. Check them out at andersonkale.com or search iTunes to purchase their music. Thanks for listening.